The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including ACLA Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Clean Energy Advisors. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And our guest today is Dr. Stephanie Gripney, and she is the founder of the Impact Finance Center at the University of Denver. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Devin. We're thrilled to have you on the show. I've likened you in the article that I wrote about this uh, for Forbes to uh, Steve Jobs. You're just, uh, I, I couldn't help but wonder if back in 1976, when Steve Jobs was first getting started, if people recognized just who they were dealing with and what uh, an iconic role he would play in the world. And as I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last couple of years and I keep hearing about all the things you're doing and your vision for the world. I keep thinking, I wonder if she isn't kind of the Steve Jobs of impact investing. Um, what do you think? Well, Devin, I appreciate the provocative comparison. And uh, certainly Steve Jobs is a hero to many, many of us. And I do have bold, big vision, but I am definitely still a small town girl from a uh, Haley, Idaho, and will probably always be that way. So I, I dream big, and uh, we have a saying um, that we like to quote: "Is you know, you shoot for the moon and you land in the stars." Well, that is a great, a great vision for the world. And it, it's interesting to me that um, you you clearly see the where impact investing needs to get to have the impact that it can have. That is. We really need a trillion dollars of money invested in impact uh, in order for it to have scale on the order of, uh, you know, uh, charitable dollars, because that's the, that's the kind of money that we see uh, invested in that arena. So uh, I, I love your message that uh, how do you get a trillion dollars, you know, kind of a billion dollars at a time. <clears throat> that Those are big chunks. Um you kind of uh, started this effort with the idea of creating a marketplace for impact investing in Colorado. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and how it's working today. Sure. So uh, first, the first part of your question is interesting. I, I was when we founded the Impact Finance Center, we did that knowing that we do research, education and transactions. And um, we're one of uh, about eight academic centers that focus on impact investing. We're one of two that actually have transaction experience, the other being our sister center, the Sorensen Center at University of Utah. And so we always knew that we only do research and education for the purposes of facilitating deal flow. And uh, I've, I've, I actually lost my parents in my 20s. And one of the unintended consequences that came out of that is I ended up with lots of big brothers and sisters in my life. And, and one of them was uh, a woman named Winsome McIntosh with the McIntosh Foundation. And I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, I have this big research project and we're going to move $40 million. And Winsome said to me, oh, Stephanie, and she patted me on the shoulder. She's like, $40 million, that's laudable. That's a, that's a good goal. But why not $40 billion? 
And I was having the conversation a week later with Matt Baker, who's now at the Hewlett Foundation. And he, I was conveying the story with Winsome to him. And he said, Steph, you know, 40 billion is a good idea, but what about 3 trillion? And part of the reason I love being at the, uh, being at the intersection between academics, deals, and education is there is a piece of us, a piece of our work that is national research. Why do people do what they do? And then also systems. And so the question becomes, if you really do want to move $3 trillion, you actually have to think longer term across silos in a different way. So I definitely attribute the uh, why we were doing what we did uh, to Winsome and Matt from being provocative in that perspective. And what happened is essentially over the last six years, we've been educating uh, folks in Colorado and nationally about impact investing. And we have a a saying that we do at the Impact Finance Center where we say, we go through a process and show your philanthropy is actually an investment with a negative 100% financial return at attempting high positive impact and all of your investments have impact. And so magic things can start to happen if you holistically manage those resources. And we were just fortunate. Colorado has some great leaders like Sam Gary, the Colorado Health Foundation, who all of a sudden we had a billion dollars looking for deals in Colorado. And that became, that led to a new problem of, do we have investment opportunities in Colorado that match that deal flow? Well, you have an interesting background. And whenever I see someone tackling the idea of a marketplace, uh, I, I start to think about Wall Street, of course, and because there's probably no more efficient marketplace on earth than what Wall Street has built. It's incredibly efficient for moving dollars around uh, all, all aspects of the, the stock market on, and the other related financial markets there in Wall Street. You don't have any uh, Wall Street background. You don't come at this uh, with a Harvard MBA. Uh, tell us a little bit, Dr. Gripney, about your background. It's a little bit different. It is. I'm actually trained. Um, I have two degrees in wildlife ecology. and My PhD is actually forest economics. And if you actually look close at my PhD in forest economics, I think I only have one or two classes in forestry. The rest of the courses are in economics, communication, and social science. And my late PhD advisor, he actually just passed about a, a month ago, uh, Jack Ward Thomas, um, was insistent that we become interdisciplinary trained. And so because of that, I'm, I'm probably a rare bird in that um, I've been an economist and ecologist and social scientist. I've had those types of positions in the federal government, uh, the nonprofit sector, the for-profit sector, actually in a private equity fund, and now academia. But to, to get to your real point, is my, I, it's one of the questions I ask myself when I teach MBA students is, can you teach entrepreneurship? Can you actually, is it, is it something that's innate that runs in your veins, flows through your body and soul, or is it something that can be taught? And I'm definitely a daughter of an amazing entrepreneur. And we did our first transaction um, after I resisted being in business and working around that work um, about 2001, 2002 in Lander, Wyoming. And we created our own little portfolio of affordable housing. And and I have to admit, I'm a deal junkie. I love doing transactions. And so I've lost count, but I've probably completed or assisted about 50 to 100 transactions individually with foundations, private equity funds since then. And so I, I love doing deals and I love doing the research and the teaching components. So those are, I'm really fortunate that um, I found a home at University of Denver. Oh, that, that is really wonderful. Uh, now, 
why did you pursue uh, a career in wildlife biology in the first place? Well, I grew up in Haley, Idaho, which is a small town in the valley of Sun Valley, Idaho. And that community is surrounded by wilderness. You know, had I grown up in Chicago or Denver, I might be in education or health. But growing up where I did, it was at the time when endangered wolves and endangered fish were just uh, controversial to the point that we had community members, friends of mine that were fisheries biologists and friends of mine who were the river guides. The river guides were actually threatening the life of my other friends, the fisheries biologists. And I, I have a great love of my community and I have a great love of my place. And I just, you add the entrepreneurial problem solving spirit to, to that. And you start to think to yourself, there must be a better way. It doesn't have to be a trade off between our place and our economy and our jobs and, and so I think I was inspired by those formative experiences with endangered fish and wolves. It took me a while to realize that my interest was more about my community and less about the wolves and the fish. But that's how I, I got on the path of wildlife. Now, tell us about your first impact investing deals. I think you did some with your father. Yes. Um, my father actually uh, actually was a successful entrepreneur and uh, came back in my life in for the last seven years of his life before he passed when he was 56. And we were living in Lander, Wyoming, and he got a real estate license and a mortgage broker license. And he would he was having all sorts of individuals come through his, his uh, shop. And essentially what happened is he found these families who had gone through medical bankruptcy. So these were families that actually had a good credit. They were people who paid their bills. They just had a medical situation where they didn't have the right insurance. And so my dad and I are definitely bleeding hearts. We decided the family, we wanted a 10% return. So we'd buy a house, we'd partner with these families going through medical bankruptcy, and we essentially created a, a partial equity product. So we said 10% of their rent, they could have as equity. And then we said we wanted a 10% return net fees. And so anything north of 10%, they would get to keep as additional equity. And it was at that time when houses were appreciating a lot. And so really, they got to move into their house three years early, start building equity. And then, as I said in the article, I had the joy of philanthropy and getting a 10% return. And if you really care about making an impact, you can't deny the power of aligning the financial markets for impact in that way. Now, how have you, tell us a little bit about the, the Colorado impact days. Sure. So about a year and a half ago, we called together 30, 40 of our colleagues in the space. And we said, you know, there's really a billion dollars that's looking for transactions in Colorado. And we, and we say social ventures. We're agnostic of what form that is. It could be a a project, a nonprofit, a for-profit, or a fund. As long as you're, if you're trying, if you need money and you're going to generate a financial return and do something good, it's great. And we were pretty convinced uh, there was enough money looking for transactions, but they were pretty convinced that there were not investment opportunities in Colorado. So the question became, what's the most efficient and effective way to find out, are there social ventures out there? How do you find them? How do you communicate to them? How do you bring them to the table? And so our team was looking around across the country and started looking at business case competitions. And whether it's Unreasonable Institute, Monica Jane, Fish 2.0, Minnesota Cup, uh, Utah Community Foundation did one for nonprofits. And we said, what would happen if we took the best of all of those together and actually created the first statewide marketplace that was for all asset classes, all stages, anything good. So we have six tracks purely for fundraising purposes, but it's not intended to exclude anybody. And so the steering committee at first said, we said, can we raise $50,000 of prize money? And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. 
by January of that year, 2015, uh, the team had said, let's go, the steering committee had said, let's go try to bring $100 million over three years to the state of Colorado. So that led us to do the initiative. And we're in the process of doing that right now. We'll probably do 100 events between now and March of next year. The initiative is where the heavy lifting happens. And um, the actual- Holy God, wait a minute, 100 events? How are you gonna do 100 events between now and any time? <laughs> We have a great team. So there's times we do two to three events a day. It depends on what we do. So we have a workshop for investors and philanthropists. We have a workshop for nonprofits and social enterprises. We have a workshop for for-profits. We have a deal doctor workshop. We have founder circle events. And so a lot of people from the outside just looked at March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th impact days as the marketplace. And it was great. It was a two-and-a-half-day executive education course. We had legal tax accounting assistance. We had a due diligence workshop to teach nonprofits and for-profits actually how to do deals. We sourced through two calls for deals, um, 100 um, investment opportunities on our first one and 284 on our second one. And so we took 60 of those social ventures and essentially created a farmer's market. We had over 700 people attend, 200 impact investors, 92 representing foundations. And so it was essentially a two and a half day executive education course with the social venture farmer's market or marketplace at the end of it. But the secret in the sauce is we bootstrapped this the whole time. Um, I actually even maxed out my credit cards before we fundraised for this. Um, it, the, the secret sauce was doing all of the 50 events that led up to March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, which don't get as much press. And so we've already, I'm not sure how many we've completed this year, 50 or, or sorry, probably 10 to 15 already since March. But the secret sauce is doing those small 20 to 50 person events. You got to prime the pump. It really is just an amazing scale uh, that you're operating on and uh, exciting to see if the the potential for where you're going from here. Now, I want to just take advantage briefly of the opportunity to have you here to sort of tap into your mindset, because obviously you're, you, you're a pretty unique person, and we're excited to have access to you. You're clearly a role model uh, to more and more people in this space. Who do you look up to as a role model? It's, it's actually a, a very heartfelt. And when you, you picked uh, Steve Jobs as a provocateur, he, when I think of Steve, I think of pancreatic cancer, which is how I lost my mom and my PhD advisor, Dr. Jack Ward-Thomas, who passed about a month ago. And Jack was uh, the first wildlife biologist to be chief of the Forest Service. He was the biologist that led the spotted owl, the most um, controversial endangered species effort in the United States. And I admire Jack for so many wonderful reasons, but two of the reasons that stand out in my mind are the fact that he, there's a, there's a quote by uh, Keynes that says, people would rather be wrong in a crowd than right by themselves. And one of the, one of the uh, reasons Jack is so well known is he ushered in ecosystem management into our federal lands management. And so Jack was willing to step away from the crowd and bring a whole new systems approach to the federal government. So I love the fact that he led by example in that he uh, was willing to take a risk on an idea when not, other, not a lot of other people were so excited about him taking that approach. And the other one is, is going back to the interdisciplinary training. Uh, I was able to spend a few days with him in October, uh, this last October, and, and he was tracking what we were doing in impact investing. I don't think he ever 
imagined what I'd be working on now. But he knew from the beginning that the opportunities would come from the integration of the economy, uh, natural resources, and the social sciences. And so he was always deeply committed to that. And and, in a sense of humor up to the last minute, he said, you know, you tell them, you do tell them, I've taught you everything you know. And I say, of course, of course so. That's fantastic. Now, Stephanie, I think there are a lot of people in this world who appreciate the value of what you're doing and the idea of impact investing. Most of us defer the hard work, well, to you. Why did you decide that it was that you would be willing to do the work, the hard work of you know, kind of the spade work of getting the infrastructure in place so that we can all do impact investing more efficiently. I think it actually goes a little bit back to pancreatic cancer service and being an entrepreneur. I think watching my parents pass at 56 and 58 years of age really affected me in my 20s and early 30s in that I, you know, there's, there's the term life is short and then there's realizing life is short. And uh, it was a combination of amazing mentors and big brothers and sisters in my space that said, why don't you dream big and go bigger with the fact of why don't you take some great risk? And again, I love my community. I love my place. I'm willing to take the risk. And I've realized, you know, if somebody's got to step up and and start doing that. So um, there you go. Well, we appreciate that you did. Thank you. Now, um, one you know, we'd like to ask all of our guests for an impact hack, some tip that would help us to do more good in the world. What's yours? Oh, mine is easy. Uh, if you look at my senior leadership team and our junior team, uh, we have over 30 people involved between our our staff, our fellows, our senior advisors. And you take any one of them and on any given day, they are more brilliant. They are more passionate and um, better looking than I am from that perspective. So it's it's it's, it's put surrounding yourself with amazing team that can be lead you, uh, teach you. And I would say this last year was the scariest year I've ever been. I mean, there was a moment when I was worried we would go, I would go personally bankrupt from taking on this adventure. And that team not only followed me into that adventure, they held my hand and said, we're going to do this and it's going to be okay. So it's, it's simple. An amazing team is what you need. Oh, that's great. What a, what an inspiring uh, response. Well, uh, Stephanie, th- there is so much more you're doing, so much impact you're having. We don't have time to talk about it all. How can people learn more about what you're doing and how can they connect with you after you get back from your vacation? Fantastic. Um, we have two websites. We have www.impactfinancecenter.org and we have www.coimpactdays.org. And both of those have places where you can sign up and get on our mailing list. And, uh, and I'm also, we're also on Twitter on, on the same types of handles, um, Stephanie Gripney, Co-Impact Days, and Impact Finance Center. Fantastic. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. We really wish you every success in helping to catalyze a trillion dollars of impact investing around the world. And uh, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Devin. We appreciate it. All righty. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact, GGI, uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition 
to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC, providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with a predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.